The question is, are you paying attention? Are you listening? If you're not careful, you might miss it. A recent article came out that said our generation, my generation, the millennials, will, and I quote, get sick and die faster than the previous generation, which was a pretty depressing article to come across. This was published on a couple of outlets, the basis of which was a recent health study on the millennials. I'll post the link to the Vice article below in the show notes. A quote from the article says this, and I think it summarizes it well. Physically speaking, we're actually healthier than our predecessors, but statistically, it doesn't really matter. As we chug our Soylent, spin away on our Pelotons, get 10,000 steps every day, and treat sugar like it's poison, we still manage to be depressed as hell are soothing our woes with substances that could and will kill us and have crippling anxiety. And to round it all out, analysts write that paying for these behavioral health problems stresses us out even more, which contributes to us being less healthy. Now, I think we have to do something about this. I'm not going to tackle the mental health crisis of our generation in this podcast. That's a much bigger conversation but I am going to suggest to you several of the reasons that prevent people in modern life, not just millennials, from thriving. And you don't just have to look at mental health statistics as in, an indicator of the negative impact. You could also look at something like global workplace disengagement, which is around 85%, meaning that 85% of people on this planet don't wake up excited about what they get to do every day. So one of the causes, I think, for this disjointedness is a separateness from self and separateness from others. We lack true depth of understanding of who we are, and we isolate ourselves from other people, both of which are two key elements for us finding purpose and cultivating joy and meaning in relationships. You've all know Harari's a futurist and best-selling author says that we are mysteries to ourselves. I think it says it well. It's really difficult to know who we are and have strong sense of self and place in community. One of Harvard's most comprehensive longitudinal studies also clearly indicates that the key to a fulfilling life are long-lasting, meaningful relationships. So what does attention have to do with it? Well, let's start with looking at the importance of our attention. For from it flows our construction of our identity and reality, the prerequisites of knowing ourselves, developing purpose, and connecting with others. Some people will spin attention into something like visualization or manifestation, which is basically prosperity doctrine, which says if you can believe you can achieve your wildest dreams, and that's actually not quite it, but there is some underlying truth to it. So what's happening with our attention is that we're telling our brain what information to select, what to see, what to notice. And we can really only see a fraction of what is going on in our day-to-day. Depending on which study you look at, neuroscience tells us that our brains can process between 60 and 120 bits of information per second, which sounds like a lot, but really it's only enough for us to process uh, and, and hold a good conversation with one person. Now, if you contrast that with the amount of information we come in contact with, 
which is between 300 and 400 million bits of information per day, then you're looking at missing a lot. In fact, you're missing about 99.998% of your life. Now, that is actually a good thing in a lot of ways. Psychologists call this selective attention, which is allowing us to notice, only notice what our brain deems is most important. We have mental models around how most of life works, which means we don't have to have a meltdown every time we open the door or brush our teeth or make breakfast. Another example of this is buying a new car that you really love. Have you ever noticed how you start seeing that car everywhere in your neighborhood, as you commute at your workplace parking lot? Seems like that car is everywhere. Well, it's not really the case, but rather it's your brain selecting and paying attention to the cars that are already there to reinforce that it was a good decision for you to buy that car that you really, really love. So where this can be dangerous is when we're not intentional about directing our attention to the right things. If we commit to nothing, we start noticing nothing is happening in our life. If we pay attention to fear of risk, all we see is possible failure points. If we compare ourselves to others, we start noticing how much better their lives appear. All of this informs who we think we are, how we feel about ourselves, how we make decisions, and how we engage with others. This makes it easy to unconsciously get trapped in a frenetic and negative cycle. There's no thriving here. When I was deciding to leave the security of a traditional career, I had to do a lot of work on my attention and what I was noticing. We had just had our first child. My wife left her career to be a full-time mom. And now I was considering taking this leap. And initially, there was a ton of fear of failure. The financial risk, the unknown just gripped me. And that's what I was paying attention to. I started noticing and saw all of the things that could go wrong. And I'm thankful for some dear friends and mentors who really helped me realign during that time. And realign at a time when I felt like this was just an overwhelmingly daunting thing to do. Uh, But one morning over breakfast, someone basically gave me a kick in the pants and said, listen, Garrett, all I hear you talking about is the what ifs, the unknowns, the why you can't do it. And that's all you're noticing. But have you ever noticed that you're ready? You are ready to do this. And I'm super grateful to that person. If you're listening, you know who you are. Thank you for that kick in the pants. Swift kick in the pants is what I needed. But it shifted my attention. And I started noticing, again, the possibility. I started paying attention to the things that were already coming together. There were things that were happening that would enable this. There were paths, connections, people that would help me, ways I could move forward. It wasn't perfect. We didn't manifest or visualize absolute, wild, immediate success. We both left our jobs with a handful of small contracts that equated to 25% of our previous income, but it was enough to make it work. And we knew that we'd regret having never tried. And to this day, it's not a perfect process, but we're constantly realigning our attention to notice 
what is working, who is with us, where is the goodness in our life, to remember that we're never stuck and we're never alone. It's not easy, but it's worth it to create more meaning, more purpose, more peace, and depth of relationships. So the question to you is, where are you paying attention? Here's a simple hack. Try this. Sounds funny, but pay attention to your attention. Take a day and try noticing what you're thinking about and noticing what your brain is selecting to pay attention to. And when you catch yourself paying attention to things that are leading you down a negative path, try looking for the exact opposite. The magic is that if you're still and patient and intentional, you'll start to notice what is already there. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. If these ideas and others resonate with you and you want to engage more, to live at a deeper level, to transform yourself and your community, we have an amazing experience we've designed through our organization called Deepwater Collective, which is a school for personal transformation. You can find out more by clicking the link below or going to our website at deepwatercollective.org.